Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joe Lareso. Here with me today for another interesting topic is one of my fellow advertising master's students at Newhouse and a good friend of mine, Alex Clark. Alex, glad to be working with you. Thanks, Joe. I'm glad to be here and I'm definitely looking forward to diving into this exciting topic with you today. Also joining us today is a kind of unorthodox guest coming all the way from Alex's apartment. Please welcome Alexa. Say hello. Hi there. Now, the reason we have Alexa here today with us is because she really is the topic of our conversation. Yeah, um, voice assistants are becoming more and more prominent in today's culture and are advancing rather quickly in terms of their capabilities. More specifically, we'll be using her to study the effects of adding an emotional element to voice assistants and their impact on human interaction with specific brands. So will this affect the consumer brand relationship? Well, we're going to discuss that. But uh, first, let's go over the current market. Currently, there are four major players in the voice assistant category. We have Alexa, which was released originally in November of 2014, and current models would be the Echo Dot, Echo, Echo Plus, Echo Spot, and Echo Show. The last two, the Echo Spot and Echo Show, are more of the screen versions, and the previous three were the original ones that came out. Then we have the Google Home, first released in November of 2016, with models like the Home, the Home Mini, and the Home Max, basically all one type of device, just set up at bigger and smaller increments. So in addition to those two, we have uh, two other ones, Cortana, which is associated with Microsoft, and then Siri, which works with Apple. So um, Cortana came out in December of 2015 and is only available right now on Microsoft phone and computers, whereas Siri has expanded a little bit more. Um, a few years ago, she was in the same boat, but uh, she came out in October of 2011, and as of now, they do have the new Apple HomePod, which is the voice assistant associated with Apple. Um, but recently, Cortana did just come out with the Invoke as well, so she's jumping on the bandwagon. Right, and as you can tell by the release dates, and if you have been keeping up with this type of technology, the whole market is very new. Siri, as a voice-only option, has been around for about six and a half years, but the Amazon devices have only been available for about two and a half years. Now, undoubtedly, new technology is going to come with a lot of uncertainty, but there's plenty to look forward to as well. For example, it's not just going to be a fad. People like using voice assistants, and although they might not ever be as common as cell phones, we're starting to see market-wide adoption. eMarketer published a projection of voice assistant adoption in May of 2017, showing historical trends of voice assistant usage and where we can expect to see this usage in the next few years. Yeah, exactly. So eMarketer reported that 23 million millennials used voice assistants in 2016, and that rose to 30 million in 2017. This year, they're expecting about 35 million millennial users and a total of 40 million in 2019. Now, Gen X and baby boomers were also projected in this study, but Gen X is expected to rise from 13 million users as of 2016 to a total of 17 million users by 2019. So the potential for growth is relatively low. And baby boomers started at 8.5 million in 2016 are only expected to hit 10 million total by 2019. The real target here, just like with any other product on Earth right now, is millennials. Uh, their growth potential is expected to almost double what we've seen in the past few years, and that means there's still plenty of room for each of these four main players we mentioned to take the lead as we wander into this uncertain future of voice assistants. But how do we know that these voice assistant users are letting the devices into their lives? Just using voice assistants means nothing. 
I mean, technically, I'm an experienced Scrabble player if we're just going by years. I end up pulling the game out once every year, and I think I've been doing that for about a decade. But I'm not any good. I get last place to people who are actually seasoned. In the same sense, how do we know that voice assistant users are any sort of seasoned with their devices? Will these millennials be integrating the voice assistants into their regular lives and routines? Well, as it turns out, yes, they will. According to Abby Klassen, the president of New York advertising agency 360i, approximately 20% of all mobile searches today are conducted by voice. And that's going to grow to about 50% by 2020. So half of all mobile searches, that's only two years from now. If half of all mobile searches are going to involve voice assistance, that would also mean a decent amount of at-home searches by default. The integration of voice assistance so heavily into our daily lives will create an emotional connection with the devices where users will offer up information about themselves and conversations. What that means to companies like Amazon and Google? More data and new types of data. And overall, you're going to get a total of more information because when you put information into full sentences, now they have all the other contexts that you would be incorporating into your search, and they now know how you'd like to speak. Yeah, and not to mention um, just search in general. The search queries through voice are a lot longer and more detailed than they are um, in the traditional means of just typing it in on a laptop. So you're going to get more defined searches through voice assistance as well. Right, of course. <laughs> now, up next, we're going to get a bit emotional. And also, could voice assistants use that emotion against you? Stick with us. There's been a rumor lately that major companies are trying to incorporate emotional understanding into voice assistants in order to further foster the relationship between voice assistants and their owners. Is this more of a positive or a negative? You know, Joe, I'm going to have to say both. Uh, people are already too reliant on their voice assistants, and if a consumer feels that their voice assistant understands them on an emotional level, the connectivity and trust between the two subjects will only become stronger. So, I mean, according to these companies, this is a good thing. That completely aligns with the mission of all voice assistants. It's about making the user experience that much better, that much easier. So, you know, in addition, because we speak to Alexa as if she's a real-life person, interaction with voice assistants has been known to be actually really effective in terms of helping with depression, PTSD, and social development in general. Now, I love that you're bringing this up because it brings me back to our New York City trip. And as a part of our advertising master's program, we visited the 360i ad agency in New York for a workshop. One of the things they showed us was a campaign they created using the Google Home voice assistant. And they partnered with National Geographic. The assistant training was called Bravo Tango Brain Training. What they did was they created a program for the Google Home, a sort of voice assistant takeover where a therapeutic voice would conduct a relaxing voice therapy session with veterans. This enabled the veterans to cope with some of the tougher elements of PTSD in their own homes and form a bond without the extensive cost of an actual therapist. 
This is an example of voice assistance creating a strong emotional bond with the user. In this case, it helps tremendously and was done for a good cause. Yeah. Yeah. So that just goes to show that the opportunities are endless. Experts understand that there's like a lot of potential in this voice market. It's just a matter of tapping into it. So tapping into emotion was bound to happen eventually. And actually, in a recent Adweek article, Google quoted, people are engaging with their voice activated speakers as if they were human. They're saying please, thank you, and even sorry. People perceive the devices as more than just an electronic toy. They're more akin to another person or a friend. Right. And I mean, remember this last week when we were discussing this, we were walking to go get lunch in just a casual conversation. And we happened to be thinking about Alexa and we both referred to the voice assistant as her or she. Yeah, right. She's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, but, but I mean, we're studying this and I still fell for it. She, yeah, yeah right. she's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, but, but <laughs> it's funny, though, about I do get frustrated with when Alexa doesn't complete tasks in a way that I want or expect her to. So, I mean, maybe with this emotional aspect in the future, if she can hear the frustration in my voice, maybe she'll be able to fix the way she dealt with my command and then remember that for future reference. So uh, we mentioned earlier, Joe and I were talking before we started it, when you ask Alexa to buy batteries for you, she doesn't ask you what kind of brand you want. She'll ask, she'll just um, ask you about the type of battery, like, right. like double A or triple A. Right. And that's, yeah, that's crazy. And then when I go check my cart later, it's of course the Amazon brand. Hmm. Now, what if I wanted Energizer or Duracell? Like she doesn't ask. So, I mean, maybe in the future, what I'm saying is if she can hear how annoyed I am with the fact that she put the Amazon brand in my cart rather than Energizer, she might be able to pick up on that in the future in order to better serve me, which then would strengthen our relationship. Experts also say that by adding emotion, voice assistants will be able to use unsupervised AI to learn much faster than supervised AI, which has been quite the struggle recently. Our voice assistants will know more about us than we know about ourselves. At least in terms of preferences, like a Pandora that actually knows what you want to hear next, because humans are complicated, and sometimes we change our wants, needs, or even our lives. For now, though, they still have a long way to go. When you ask Alexa or other voice devices about emotion or anything having to do with emotion, they have no idea what you're talking about. Here, wait, let me show you. Alexa, do you love me? I don't have human love figured out quite yet, but I've been listening to Barry White nonstop. So far I've learned, it's my first, my last, my everything. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, at least she has a snappy comeback, but like, like she said, she doesn't understand. Alexa... I don't like you. I'm sorry to hear that. You can always share your feedback through the help and feedback section of the Alexa app. Yeah, that wasn't what I was looking for. <laughs> but this just goes to show you that adding emotion can certainly be beneficial for the voice assistant companies, because even now we refer to Alexa as she rather than it. But they can make the voice assistants much more human-like, even without adding a physical form, just like with the example that we just went through with her. Now, according to Dr. Frank Biaka in a study explaining interactivity, perceived communication can be felt to greater extents if the voice assistant engages in turn-taking, feedback, and choice behaviors. Alex, I think this is really the missing piece here. Yeah, it really doesn't feel too personal right now, which leaves a lot of room for improvement. I heard a great insight from a robotics developer who said, 
We can make a machine to be 99% like humans, but it's that last 1% that either helps people engage or causes them to lose trust. Right. Even something as small as the blinking movements in a robot's eyes being a little bit off, people instinctively notice these things. Or like we had just seen when we demonstrated with Alexa, with the fact that she couldn't really contemplate our emotions or the fact that I didn't like her and she didn't know that I wasn't looking for Amazon's customer support feedback. Now, you may not pick it out, but it just seems off sometimes. With voice assistance, there is no body to the device yet, but you can still work for that last 1% with empathetic responses and a more conversational, turn-taking experience that she couldn't do today. But is all of this too much? Man, do I love the few opportunities I get to do this, but I'd like to share a quote from Michael Critton and Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. They said, in the movie, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Voice assistants and the Internet of Things are still so new right now that we don't know their full capabilities and what they can connect to. I think we're walking a very thin wire here. Yeah, definitely. One study we found from Deo on voice assistant attacks showed that a voice assistant could be triggered to call an intruder, who then would issue voice commands to the assistant through a headset. And then there was an extension of that study conducted by Carlini, where the researchers used videos with real content, but the voices in that video would also trigger the voice assistant and then execute commands. I think the most common use we've seen of this type of hack is in the Burger King hack on Google Home where their ad says, okay Google, what is the Whopper burger? It was clever, but think about the implications. Right, and you know, I honestly, I thought that was pretty funny the first time I saw that on TV and it got a lot of news attention. But if someone can hack into these devices so easily, it could be an unforeseen backdoor to the rest of someone's personal info. We've created a new form of theft. But back to the topic of emotion, the programmers and developers of voice assistants are pushing to discover their potential so much that the general consumers of these voice devices don't know what the drawbacks could be. Facebook just got in a lot of trouble for their data sharing and privacy standards, but voice assistants also gather data. If we can program sentiment and emotion into the voice assistants to a higher degree, we'll converse more with them. If we converse more, we offer up more data. Well, how much data? That's the point. We don't know. What's one thing Google and Apple have in common? A notoriously secret walled garden of consumer data. So moving forward, um, where do... Where do we think that this is going to go, Joe? Like, what, what do we think we're going to see in the future with voice assistants? Well, to wrap it up a little bit, we have a few recommendations for future research to really hone in on our understanding of these devices and how they will take part in our lives. So, like, what I'm thinking is the very first Amazon voice assistant model that came out was the Echo Dot, correct? Right. Right. So, for those of us that know what it looks like, it's pretty simple. It's small, has no screen, only responds to voice. That's it. So 
recently they just came out with the Echo Spot and the Echo Show, which the Spot has a small screen. The Show is basically like a tablet that sits on your counter. What I'm seeing is that with the incorporation of screens, I honestly believe that that's going to be a really, really good thing for brands specifically. Because if you ask in the future for your voice assistant to purchase something for you, again, the Amazon voice assistant has the Amazon store and the Google Home actually just paired with Walmart. So when you ask your assistant to purchase something for you in the future, if all of the assistants have screens, maybe it'll let you choose what specific brand you want by pressing it. Like you prompt it, but then you can choose what you want. So that's what I'm seeing. But why do I think this? Because think about iPods, think about cell phones. They all started pretty small, no screen. Well, actually some started rather large, but think about it now. They're all very small and they all have screens. Like who doesn't have a phone with a screen on it now? Right. And, you know, the old iPods, you know, the huge bulky ones that you had mentioned, we were okay with the tiny screen that it had. And then the next version that I remember that iPod, I think it was the Nano that had the small screen and you couldn't really, it wasn't a touch screen, but you could scroll up and down. You know, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah, It takes me back. But I just really think that, you know, the Echo Dot model someday is going to be completely irrelevant. But that could be a really good thing for brands. Yeah. And what's helpful about that is that people can kind of have a sort of hybrid computer experience without, you know, even touching any sort of a computer device. That's what the voice assistant was made to do originally, to give you hands-free accessibility. And if you can add a screen to that, all the better. And they should, because that's, again, the mission of a voice assistant is to only enhance the consumer experience. And I think screens will do that. They definitely can. Now, first, for future research, I think that we need to address the potential security issues. I believe future research should be conducted to address and assess the damage that voice assistant attacks might cause to their users. Now, we had mentioned briefly before that some research had already been conducted with those sort of voice assistant attacks, and that's that was incredibly interesting and, you know, it's a little bit scary. But to proceed with this, going into future research, th- there should be teams of research hackers who could continue to dig into the flaws and triggers of voice assistance. On the other end, potential damage needs to be measured to see exactly how far hackers could take some of these devices. Even if the hackers cannot obtain any products, data, or money for themselves, could they commit harm just for unbiased malicious intent? Yeah, it's a good question. We also need to see if emotional connection will lead to more open conversations. I think it's bound to get people talking more and opening up about deeper topics, but how much data can be gathered from a more personalized experience with a voice assistant? Will this lead to greater trust? I don't know. And with greater trust, will the voice assistants use that influence to persuade users into making choices that are not for the user's own benefit? How do we know that the voice assistants are actually working for you? Yeah, well, I mean, this can be studied as the voice assistant technology evolves by setting up a sort of focus group with one individual per room, just having a discussion with the voice assistant devices. Obviously, researchers would need to assign pointed questions at certain times to see if they can provoke the desired response, but... Just conversing should give us a greater insight into the more emotional connection and that potential that lies there. But for now, that's all we've got. I hope this has been enlightening to some degree. Voice assistants remain an emerging and evolving technology for now, but some of the answers really come down to, we'll have to wait and see. Thanks for joining us. Alexa, you want to say goodbye? Hmm, I don't know that. Well, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. 
whatever. That, that. <laughs> yeah. And, Thank you, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. Until next time.